0: That we have a Puro Air running in our bedroom, so check it out at getpuroair.com. That's g e t p u r o a i r dot com. One more time, getpuroair.com. Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. The setup of today's conversation is slightly different than previous episodes. Because Alisa Henry has been a previous guest on the podcast, we decided to skip introductions and just jump right into our topic, which is the emotional process of letting go of baby items. In this conversation, Alisa discusses the mindset shift from holding on to hope in a season of infertility to embracing gratitude for what she already has. She also emphasizes the importance of not feeling alone in this journey and encourages listeners to consider decluttering as a positive step forward. Many of you have reached out asking how to declutter those items that you can't let go of, specifically baby items, and my hope is that this conversation provides some answers for you, even if your only takeaway is to more confidently know that you aren't alone. But before we get there, I want to share a question from a listener. A few weeks ago, I had asked on social media, what questions do you have when it comes to decluttering? And someone had asked, how to declutter books? I grew up collecting them, and now I have too many. I actually had an episode on this very topic back in 2021. It was episode 165, Practical Tips for Decluttering Books, with Rebecca Perry. I'll be sure to link that episode in the show notes if you didn't listen to it. But I also wanted to pull in my friend Emily McDermott for her thoughts on how to declutter books. So here's her answer.
1: Hi, this is Emily McDermott from the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast, and when it comes to books, I love using the power of artificial boundaries. Now, that probably is a bookshelf, but depending on how important books are to you, that might be more than one bookshelf. So once you determine what your artificial boundary is, then we want to take the books off of the bookshelf and play a game that I love playing with my kids, which is called Love Like Maybe No. So we want to start with the loves, what you use, what you read, what you reference regularly, what has sentimental value to you, and we're going to start with those. And then we're going to move on to the likes. At this point, the bookshelf might be getting a little full and you have a decision to make when it comes to your maybes. You can declutter them outright or you can use an out-of-sight, out-of-mind bin. And you want to put a sticky note on that bin for 30, 60, or 90 days, put a reminder on your phone, and then when the time comes, you can either declutter those books outright if you haven't thought about them or haven't had anyone ask for them, And that was obviously the bravest thing you can do, or you can open the bin and see if there's any space left on your bookshelf, which is that artificial boundary that you've set. And that is probably my best recommendation for books. So good luck to you.
0: Thank you to Emily for her advice. She and I have been virtual friends for a couple of years now, and I've been really wanting to pull in a little bit more variety here at the beginning of the episode. I love to feature women in the minimalist community, and actually, Emily had joined me back on episode 207. It's one that I reference all the time. We talked about Swedish death cleaning, whether or not it's morbid or mandatory. A great one to listen to if you haven't yet. And now, let's get to the conversation with Elisa Henry. Thank you for joining me again on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Okay. So you and I connected a few years back. You helped me with my decluttering room by room. You did the bedroom, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. That's what I... Okay. That's what I thought. So you do declutter from time to time. And at the beginning of the year, I saw this post that you had. I'm just going to summarize, but I'll read a little bit word for word. You said, we finally cleared the storage area of the last of Alexander's baby stuff. It was time beyond time. And then you go into, I couldn't let go of the toys, the clothes, the bath, the kick piano. The pile of things became the double-edged sword of evidence that my baby is growing up so fast and the reali- realization that no, I will never have another one. I was reading through this and I was feeling I, I was feeling a variety of emotions. And uh, I've had a lot of listeners reach out and not necessarily know how to process the emotions of okay, I have all this stuff. I'm holding onto it for what if, but what if never comes. And then I still have all this stuff. So I felt like this was a perfect conversation to have with someone that has the firsthand experience. So number one, I thank you for sharing that post because I feel like it's incredibly vulnerable. But I would just like to pick your brain today on what encouragement you have for listeners.
2: Yeah, great. Thank you. I know. Even listening to you read that back, I was just like, oh, like, yeah, that was heavy. Because <laughs> yeah, it was. I was having a very vulnerable moment. But I mean, it was a big deal. So yeah. So I hope, hopefully this conversation helps other women out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, let's go back. You were storing all of these things and you had struggled with infertility. How long were you struggling? So I, um, let's see, my husband and I got married in
2: 2012 and in about 2014 or 2015, we decided let's, you know, have a baby because we didn't want to have a kid right away, but we were <laughs> like, let's, let's have a kid. So I think it took from about 2015 until 2017 for me to get pregnant with my first. So, uh, we struggled with infertility like from the very beginning. And then, uh, we did IUI and it failed and we did IUI again and it worked. And then I had Alexander. And so that was 2017. So the first year of his life, I was just as we all are, like just overwhelmed with the newborn baby life. So really, we weren't really trying for a baby after that. But once he turned about, a year old or maybe 18 months, I started thinking like, oh, it'd be nice to have another kid. And then he turned two and a half and then like three. And then I started thinking like, oh, this is like not happening. And then he turned four and then he turned five. And then we did IVF, which I had been totally against doing IVF for this entire time. Because I just thought it was too expensive, not enough guarantees. I know too many people I didn't work for. And so um, we, we tried IVF. It did not work. So that was a colossal waste of money, which was my worst nightmare of the whole thing. But um, so then I was like, you know what, we're done. Like at, like after that happened, and then like, I was like, it's a new year. I was actually doing this partnership with two men, a junk truck. And so I was like, this is a great opportunity to get rid of all of this stuff. Finally.
0: Mm-hmm. You slowly went from when To just in case, to you ultimately let them go. So, tell me a little bit more about that process and mindset.
2: Yeah. So, it definitely was a process. So, like I said in my post initially, it was like, we'll save this for when, you know, like in that moment, you can't fit newborn anymore. That's okay. Let's put it in this box for the next baby. And then, as time started going on, it's like, well, I don't want to get rid of it just in case. And so, I had garage sales where I would unload a few things. I mean, like I had like, cause we had a ton of stuff. I mean, I don't know um what your experience is, but for anyone who has struggled with fertility in particular, I feel like we tend to overbuy for a baby cause it's finally happening. So then you're like, you're getting all these things, just tons of stuff. Like, even though we had had, I think we had two garage sales. I had sold some stuff on Facebook marketplace. Like, I mean, we, we definitely have been getting rid of things, but this time was like the, Ultimate in getting rid of things, and I really just decided, like you know, he's six years old, and as much as I would love to have another child, like this is space that could be used for my existing child. Like this is space that he could be running around, hard on his remotes, or whatever. I mean, th- this is just or just space that I can use, like for my life or like for or just glorious nothing. Sometimes open space is the best gift you can give yourself. You know, so I I really did go from like okay, when the next baby comes. And then like, oh, just in case to like, this isn't happening, let's
0: just get rid of all this stuff. <laughs> that is something that it's one of the reasons I've considered, like, I want to get into more of the hands-on work with people and start to help the process because mm-hmm. I understand that it is so much more than the stuff. Sometimes it's letting go of the life that we thought that we might have. Mm-hmm. It's letting go of all of the pain wrapped up in that. Mm-hmm. And it's this attachment it's just an attachment. It's a physical representation of all that. I I can't speak from personal experience. In certain ways, I feel like I would just want to get rid of it because I'd be like, I, it's too painful to have it. And I think other people will keep a hold of it because they say, what if, what if, what if. So am I speaking to any, anything that you've experienced as well? Oh, absolutely. Because I feel like
2: I, there definitely is some of that, like, let me just get out of my, out of my life. But it's like, but it's the hope of it. So like, I don't want to go down like this whole like sad rabbit hole, but like for instance, my dad passed away like 14 years ago when he passed away, I didn't really have trouble like getting rid of his stuff because he was gone. So, and, and again, in my rational mind, I'm like, okay, he's not coming back to like use this stuff. He is not a part of this stuff. So like, let's get rid of it. And some people don't have that when they, when a loved one passes away, they do want to hold on to everything. So I wasn't like that. But with the baby stuff, it was different because it felt like I was like throwing away the hope. Like, well, if I get rid of this stuff, then I'm saying that this is over. And and it was interesting because when I decided that it was over, that I wasn't gonna we weren't I mean, obviously anything can happen. I don't go messaging me like my friend was trying for twenty years and got pregnant. Like I get it. Like I know that happens. But when I decided that I wasn't gonna do the things that would mean I was still holding on to this hope, like we're not doing the we're not doing fertility treatments, we're not doing the, the ovulation sticks, we're not doing the Calendar and the counting and all that. So when I decided that, I'm like, did I really decide it? When I go in the basement and stuff, all this baby stuff. So that's what I also felt like too. Like I made a decision that I was going to be done with that, like striving part of my life and getting rid of the stuff was getting getting the final part of getting rid of the hope, but not like in a bad way. Like I feel like that sounds bad but I got rid of hope. There's a quote that I really like that says, "I feel so much better now that I've given up hope," and that sounds so morbid, but sometimes that's what you need is give up on that and like and move on and have like a great life that isn't you holding on to this dream fantasy and that could be anything that could be that could be anything in this case it's the hope of another baby but that could be a number of things for people that they hold on to
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's just finally taking control back of just putting your hope in this thing like how do i articulate this You're taking the control back of all this. What if? And it's like maybe that will still happen. But right now, this is what's real. This is what is happening. My son is growing older, and wants space. I want space. This is what's true of now. If that is a future, if that is a pivot that my life takes, I'll address it then. But right now, this is my reality, and I just think that that is where people get so stuck: is that they don't want to. I don't know. It's too hard to be honest with with the reality sometimes. But I. Well, like at the end of your post, you talked about, but as Joe and I cleared out the area while talking and reminiscing, we agreed that though it is sad, we are also incredibly thankful. Thankful that we were able to acquire everything we needed in that season. Thankful that our little preemie NICU baby is now six years old without a single developmental delay, running around, making friends, going to school. You shifted to gratitude. You shifted your mindset to this out to what I do have and Again, maybe the door's closed, maybe it's not, but right now, this is what's true.
2: Right. And exactly. And I think that that's what is so important is to look at like the positive in all this. Cause it wasn't like I had bought all this baby stuff with the hope of having a child and never had one. And that is the reality for some people. And that is really difficult, you know? So for me, I'm like, well, I need room for this kid that I'm so grateful that we do have already. And like, while I would love for him to have a sibling, I would love to have five kids, you know? But I just think that that's not the reality for us and so i'm just extremely grateful for the reality that we do have and i think it's so important to look at that not even like in a toxic way like you know you should be grateful because other people have it worse like yes that's true but genuinely being grateful for the things that we have experienced like i did mention that my son was in the NICU he was a preemie and was in the NICU for 6 weeks. Now, I remember seeing his preemie clothes and I didn't want to have to use those again. So <laughs> like, isn't that interesting? I'm <laughs> like, I'm like, these preemie clothes, let's give these away immediately because I don't ever want to do this again. So, um, but yeah, just being really grateful for what we do have right now and just, and I think I, cause I dealt with this in, in, in a different way, like with a job. I had left my job in television for a while and I was a stay, mostly a stay at home mom. And I remember seeing all my work dresses and I was just like, you know, I looked at them every day in my closet and like, and I'm like, you know, gaining weight. I'm like, Styles change, fashion change. Here are these, here are these work dresses. And eventually, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get rid of all these work dresses because I've got tons of like sweatpants and sweatshirts hung up that I'm actually wearing every day, you know. And and I did that. And what's interesting about that is I ended, I did end up going back to work in television. I ended up going back to work full time three years later. You know what I did? I bought new dresses. And I feel like I am glad that I got rid of that stuff when I didn't need it. I got the clothes that. That I was wearing in my life in that moment, and then when it came time, you know, something ended up coming up, and I ended up getting a full time job again. I just went got new clothes. I feel the same way about the baby stuff. I'm like, you know what? These stores aren't going away. I mean, babies RS did go away, but in general, these stores aren't going away. So, like, if you, you know, if some, if by some miracle I was to like have a child, and I would just go buy new stuff, but in the meantime, I don't want to hang on to all this stuff when that and, and some other mom can use it because that's another piece of it too where I feel like I'm holding on to this for a child that I would have existed but there are tons of kids who do exist so it's been nice even to like feel like okay we got rid of all the baby stuff because it really was like the baby and one-year-old stuff but even like him being like five and six I'm like okay he's grown out of this time to get rid of that and I love giving that to friends and they're like oh my son love that card jacket you gave him and I'm like oh makes me so happy you know, I just think that that's if you want to get rid of the stuff, that's a good way to do it is to give it to someone else who you know is going to use it.
0: Yeah, I think that helps me declutter some of my kids' things. It's just being able to have a second life on someone else, and if I see that on my nephew or my niece, it's just so lovely, and it helps it catch a little bit more. If you're planning to cut back on alcohol this dry January, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. Recess has meticulously crafted familiar favorites such as Lime Margarita and Grapefruit Paloma, allowing you to savor the flavors and experience of these cocktails without the alcohol content. Throughout January, my listeners can take advantage of a special offer and get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler Pack at takearecess.com minimalist. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash minimalist so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tecovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tecovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com, and point your toes west. With Bull and Branch Sheets, you can discover this new level of softness. In a recent customer survey, 96% said that Bull and Branch Sheets get softer with every wash. The sheets are made from the rarest 100% organic cotton in a buttery and breathable weave. They get softer and softer over time. I had to experience this for myself, so after receiving the sheets, I tried it out. I washed them, waited a week, and washed them again, and... The skeptic in me assumed that the reviews were not true. However, I was super excited that they indeed were telling the truth. And I now have my own set that I get to sleep on every night. It's something like 20 plus years of our lives that we spend sleeping. So I want to sleep on quality sheets and I don't mind spending a little extra for quality over quantity when it comes to sheets. Join the millions of satisfied sleepers who swear by them, and they're backed by over 11,000 glowing reviews. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bull and Branch. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code MINIMALIST at branch.com. That's and Branch B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code MINIMALIST. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Did your husband struggle at all? Did he have any attachments to these things or did you feel like it was more of your own weight that you were carrying? So my husband is both extremely neat,
2: sentimental. I don't think that he, I shouldn't say he didn't carry either way, but I think that he, we weren't hanging on to it because of him. I think we were hanging on to it more because of me, but I think he was like, if we're going to have this stuff, let's make it organized in this one corner. But when I did start to get rid of it, I feel like he, we both were like having that misty eyed moment, like just talking about it, like oh, like just going and going through some of the memories and some of the stuff that we had, like oh, remember this kick piano that he loved playing with us. So I definitely think that um, that it would have probably been easier on him if I would have gotten rid of the stuff immediately, but because I was hanging on to everything, I think that put him in the position to like now he's in that boat like thing with me and like now kind of tied to the stuff the way that I am, but overall he loves the clean open space. So I don't think that he was upset that we got rid of it. But I definitely think that he also wants another child. And so I think that 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 was a big moment for both of us to get rid of that stuff.
0: So there was one more question I was going to ask you. And I was curious to know, did you ever talk about this with friends? Or like did friends ever encourage you to move through it? Or have any of your friends gone through this process? Because I'm just thinking about listeners that are going through this by themselves. I think sharing with friends and getting encouragement from friends could be of a benefit, but what are your thoughts on that? I definitely think that infertility is definitely like a, an isolating condition, it
2: feels like, because especially when you get to be my age, mid-30s, it feels like everyone has all the kids they want, whether that's one or that's eight. Like They got all the kids they want and you feel like you're the only, especially when you're already a mom. I think when I was struggling for my first child, it was easier to like, uh, make friends who are also trying for a baby because we were both trying. But once you have a kid already, now you join the mom group. Most of these moms, like I said, have all the kids they want. So it can be very isolating to be struggling in this way. So I can understand if maybe some listeners feel like nobody realizes what they're going through in this sense. I mean, I would mention it to friends, but you also have to be careful. People give really bad advice. I should say bad advice. (laughs) But if you haven't really been through it, it's hard to understand. And like, and people don't want to say the wrong thing. And some people don't care about saying the wrong thing. And so I don't think that I had, I didn't have anybody. I don't, I don't, I'm trying to think like, I don't know anyone. I know a couple of people who have one kid and then wanted more kids. I, I know a couple of people like that, but as far as me, my close friend group, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. And I mean, I think I have told them like, Hey, I'm trying to get rid of some baby stuff. Like, do you want some of this stuff. You know, as so I think in that sense, i very supportive in that way. Like, Oh, that's great. Thank you. You know, but not anybody that I could like. Cry on their shoulder and they could understand about like not want to get rid of the baby stuff, you know, but my husband was really good for that because he is right there, but um I think yeah struggling with infertility, especially secondary infertility that's what they call it when you when you have have one kid or, or even two, however many, but you can't have the the next one they call it secondary infertility, I think that's more of an isolating situation because again, you're already a mom so you're not with the moms who or the women who want to be moms, but you're also not. Uh, with the women who have all the kids they want, you know, so it's just it's a weird kind of limbo place to be in um so yeah, so to answer your question, I feel like I've answered all these questions in a very long way, but no, I did not have a friend that was like kind of there for me through that process, no,
0: yeah, yeah, and like i said i I don't have first hand experience with this, but it's definitely something that I just keep coming back to. I'm like there are sticking points for a reason. I do think about my dad when he passes away and just what an anchor he is in our family. And I feel like there are things that are going to be a big challenge for me to sentimentally move through, regardless of knowing this is just a representation of him. His memory lasts forever in my mind. You just have to process that heavier emotion of he is gone. He's gone. How is my life different? It's always going to affect me. It's always going to stay. So I, I just have figured that it's just not as easy of just saying like, I don't want people to be like, oh, Diane, the minimalist mom is just saying, get rid of it. It's time to go. You can do it because there's just so much more depth there. And I do understand that. But it, it doesn't mean I don't think that you can't eventually get rid of it or save the things that are most important to you. Did you save did you save anything?
2: Yeah, we had like a little like a shadow box that had like some NICU clothes in it. because Yeah, I mean, definitely. One thing I noticed when I did the first garage sale, I opened up one of the bins and a lot of the white shirts had yellowed and they were clean when I put them in. So sometimes I, tell, I would tell someone like, go look at that stuff. Like see what it even looks like. You might be saving something that is like, like horrible now, you know, just from the thing of the, the nature of being um stored for a while. But we did save like a few things. Like I have like his uh NICU first NICU onesie he ever wore. Like I have like, um like one of his toys, like, didn't get in the box. And so I was like, oh, well, we'll just keep that one. So we have, we have a few things. Plus, I have tons of pictures, tons of video. I mean, like, we have tons of stuff in terms of like that we can remember by. But, um, to your point about, I think that anyone who has lost someone, cause my sister was like the kind of person who wanted to hang on to everything. When my dad passed away, she wanted to keep everything. So that was her way of processing that grief. Where mine was like, let's get rid of it, let's move, let's like, and hers was like, let's stay here, let's keep everything. So I think people, you know, some people are somewhere in the middle of that. I also think people who are dealing with their last baby, I mean, you might have all the kids you want, but it's still really difficult to get rid of stuff after you know you've had your last baby. So I could see um moms and dads struggling with that as well. So it's not just about like getting rid of stuff and infertility. Any type of like ending can be difficult, whether where it was someone who passed away, or maybe like I said, your last baby, or if you're trying for a baby and just realizing that that's not going to, maybe probably isn't going to happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to be sure to link this post in the show notes for people to go read. But is there any final word of encouragement you want to leave with anyone that's going through this process of their own? I just want you to know that you are not alone. Like, like especially talking about
2: infertility that they say it's like one in eight women struggle with infertility and whatever that looks like for you if it if it's secondary if it's primary if you tried for a baby and it never happened maybe you weren't able to have um you know a positive pregnancy, like maybe had like a lot of miscarriages or maybe IVF didn't work I mean all the things there are so many experiences that so many women have and just know that you're not alone and like I said if you want if you want to keep this stuff forever that and that is your way of like dealing with it, great. But if you want to get rid of the stuff, you're not, you're not doing something wrong. There's not something negative. I mean, getting rid of the, getting rid of the items isn't a bad thing. It's actually been very positive. And I mean, even getting to talk to you about it. I love that we're having this conversation and that maybe I'm able to help other women who are dealing with the same thing. And had I not have gotten rid of that stuff, we wouldn't even be talking right now. And like, even the post, I got so many messages and like, and it's just, and again, you don't you don't post things like that for people to say something. I even thought about turning off comments because I didn't want people saying like, "Oh, it could still happen." My cousin's neighbor's daughter, or whatever. But I'm glad I didn't turn off comments. But I got a lot of great comments and a lot of great messages from people who were experiencing the same thing that I didn't even know. So I think, and, and even people who weren't, but were super encouraging about it. So I would just tell anyone who is who is wanting to get ri- get rid of things. I hate saying it like that, get rid of, but wanting to declutter those things. <laughs> that you can do it. And, you know, people are
0: cheering you on. Diane's cheering you on. I'm cheering you on. And the people that love you
2: are cheering you on. You can do it.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that post. I am so glad that you wrote. I'm so glad that you shared it because this didn't just affect your following. It's going to go out to other women that are going through the same process. So I thank you for joining me today. Thank you. What did you think of the episode? I hope you enjoyed the conversation.